I'm Infant Massage Instructor Helen Thompson. Hello and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. Being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. So let's do this together. So our first episode will be talking about the joys of teasing. We hope to offer some useful, informative, entertaining advice that can assist you in natural navigating this potentially tough time as a new parent. And today I'm interviewing a mother of four who has been through this process four times and has lots of advice. So hi Hayley and welcome to my podcast. It is a pleasure to meet you and have you here today. Thanks for having me Helen. Start with the first question and see how see how we go with it. What were the first signs of teething that you noticed sometimes? I've noticed sometimes I know that it can be a little hard to spot. Did you have any of those? So each of our children were a bit different in how they presented. Um, our first child started teething at 10 weeks old, which he didn't get teeth for quite a few months, but there was a lot of pain and discomfort and he was a bit more irritable than normal. Uh, he definitely did the drooling thing. Um, and he also got nappy rash pretty badly and he had never had it prior to that. Um, and that was a, a theme that we did see with a lot of our children, um, that nappy rash and um, almost cold-like symptoms and just before the tooth broke where they'd sort of get a bit snotty. Um, mm. So that was interesting too, just to start to see that, you know, there was a lot going on in that mouth area at the time. And did you did you find anything that was useful to soothe that? Did you? So we we did use things like Bongella sometimes. Um, Panadol was probably one of the easiest go-tos for easing the discomfort, but also just getting good teething toys for them to chomp on and help press it through as well. Our kids didn't really like the teething rusks or any the biscuity mm. style things, but uh, we found a good few toys that had enough give that it didn't hurt them, but enough press that it relieved for them as well. So that and were they, did you use cold or was it just, because I've been told flannels and stuff are very good, you know, wet flannels. Yeah, so, I don't know so if you used those. we had a few teething toys that you put in the fridge. So that was pretty handy because you could just have them mm-hmm. there at any time. Um, and we had a few hard toys that just we'd keep in the car. Uh, we didn't tend to use anything that we had to wet at the time. I don't think. I'm trying to remember now. Um, we did also have a, a food net that you could put um, cold food into, so like say watermelon. And mm. yes, they could chomp on it and get the flavour, but it also gave a bit of relief at the same time as oh, well. Oh, that was an interesting one. I haven't yeah. heard of that one before. So they're pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you? I know. Have you ever? come across amber necklaces before do, do, do you think I've, I've i've had so many people asking me whether they work or not and i just wanted to check with you do you did you find they were useful we personally didn't use them but i have a number of friends that swore by them and they got felt that their kids had great relief from them so um it was just something for us we didn't really i didn't see them for sale at the time so we needed them 
would be the bigger thing because they're a lot more popular now than they probably were well our eldest child being 10 um but yeah so i have friends that have sworn by them and had great success but we personally didn't try them no i I just wondered because somebody asked me about that the other day and i just thought i'd i'd mention it yeah because in childcare i've seen them used but i don't know how useful they are so i just thought i'd ask uh, what else was I going to say? Um, how old was your first? You mentioned how old your first child was, and what tricks you used, and what did you learn from your first child that you made it easier for the second child? I think that especially him starting the symptoms early helped us realise that even though lots of parenting books would say that the teething would start at six months, it made us aware that it can actually really start at any age. Um, and as I said, even though he didn't get his first tooth until nearly that six month I think he was maybe five months um he was obviously getting those the pain and the discomfort sooner so once we were able to click on to the fact that that was causing the discomfort we were able to manage it for him and then with our subsequent children when they started showing similar signs um because another one was just chomping more um so as well as drooling just chomping down more because I breastfed them all you'd tend to find mm. they'd start to try and chomp you a bit which wasn't no, much yeah. fun um, but again, so once we start to see those signs, we'd just start to manage appropriately or make sure they had access to teething toys, etc. So, no, it's interesting you said you breastfed them because I that was one of the myths that I I find out that people say that if you're breastfeeding your kids, they bite a lot, which yeah. I think is true because they want to chomp on something, as you said. Yes. And one of the myths I wondered was if they if they bite a lot they're biting on your breast and it can be really painful and I guess as a parent (laughs) as a mother that's not very nice so I'm wondering what what you can advise somebody if that happens to to them and when they bite on your nipple it can be oh very painful and what what it's really tricky because obviously first knee-jerk reaction is to push them away um, because you've just been hurt. Yes. Uh, but I would say if they start to gnaw, is just stop them feeding and distract them with something else and then try again later. Because you, if you, especially if you get upset because it is painful, it's not going to be pleasant for either of you. So you don't mm, want to yeah. end up with feeding aversions for you or the baby. So I think that, yeah, just kind of go, putting a pause on the feed and then distracting with a toy or with something else for a bit and then returning yep, that, that like seemed to work for us <laughs> okay thank you for that now on this um, before this poll I actually conducted a few myths which I just mentioned yeah and the first myth I put up there was and I gave people whether it was true or false but I'll first of all get your opinion and then I'll tell you the, whether it was true or false or not yep the first myth that I put up, like, is is pulling ears. Do you believe that's a sign of teasing or not? Well, personally, I don't think so. I mean, I know that, again, being in that headspace, that people can say it can irritate the ears and people can link ear infections. But I think that, <coughs> generally, I would say the pulling on the ear is more of a sign of an ear infection versus, <coughs> versus teething. But, I mean, again, that's probably our experience more yeah. than... <laughs> Nope, that's fine. I mean, what I what I find on Google, I yeah, asked yeah, all yeah. my questions on Google, so yeah. the Google doctor. So whether they're true or not, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> on what Google said. And what Google said is, is, is it is possible that a baby might have some discomfort in their gums when they're teething. 
um, when the teeth are coming through and babies may rub on their ears to soothe the pain. Oh, there we go. Tugging on the ears could also be, as you mentioned, an ear infection. And if in doubt, well, always, you know, make sure and contact your doctor to make sure yes. there's no infections. Absolutely, because they're horrible. So, <clears throat> and I, the polls said that 35% thought that pulling on your ears was true and 65% was false. Interesting. So that's interesting. And the next one is something that you actually mentioned as well. Yep. When I was asking you about um, teasing can cause drooling and irritability. Yeah. You mentioned that in one of your, um, when, you, when we were talking earlier. Yes. So what are your views on that? Do you think drooling is a true or? I think definitely, because especially for our children, that that was the only time they would really get rashes around their neck too. They'd get kind of a dribble rash. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, whether the teething caused the drooling or whether it's the yeah. fact that they had their hands in their mouth more and other items, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess that would make sense that that might trigger that saliva response. Um, so we did find that they did definitely get droolier while teething, but whether the the chomping caused it or the the teething, I'm not sure. Well, that th- this is something that I, this is not actually in here, but it's something I actually read that with drooling, it's it's all that that's what causes the diarrhea. Well, that's another question, but it's yeah. something that I read on in, again on Mr. Google. Yeah. That when you're swallowing, all that saliva has to come is out. actually going through, and it has to yeah. come out. So that's yeah. what actually causes causes an nappy rash. Yeah. But that's what I found out on Google. So. Well, that's what we've always thought too, though, because the texture of their stools definitely does change, and it would make sense because you know, well, as you say, all of that saliva and mucus has to go somewhere. Yeah. So. Exactly. But what Mr. Google said on the drooling and irritability is that teasing pain or discomfort may cause your baby to wake up during the night. It's common for a teasing baby to drool a lot when teasing. And experts say that the extra saliva can help to soothe the tender gum, tender gums. Drooling and irritability are the most common symptoms associated with teasing. Oh, that's really interesting. And while it's true that drooling is very common for children around two to three months and typically lasts until a a child reaches about 12 to 15 months roughly the same age that the teasing begins drooling merely means that your baby's salivary glands are starting to fire up and after not being needed as much when eating easy to digest that's what that's what it said but that's just mr google yeah yeah that's interesting though i mean i'm not saying that mr google's right (laughs) but well the thing that seems to happen with teething is there's so much contention around and the different views between health nurses that have been in the system for a long time gps mm. newer nurses coming to the yes, practices yeah. um we got lots of conflicting advice from all different parties so yeah i mean uh, so much of it is actually trying to work out how the best thing to work for you and your baby as as it yeah, happens uh, yeah um, as it as you say as it, the, the actual toll on that was 50 50 50 yeah right that's interesting too yeah. isn't it Okay, so I'll just um, there's a, just a couple more here. Right, teasing can make can teasing make your baby sick? In other words, I mean there are two points to that: can they be sick or have a temperature? I mean that that comes to both, you know, yeah. included in both of those. What are your thoughts on that one? So again, well, as I mentioned before, I suppose that we found that they had cold-like symptoms in terms of a runny nose and even the cough but again excess mucus you go mm. it makes sense that you might have some more snot or a cough because of the mucus being there 
in terms of temperatures, I have heard people say that they're linked to teething. Whether they are or not, it's really hard to say. Mm. I mean, again, I would be, if there was temperatures present, I'd be monitoring and, and chatting to health direct yeah, or a GP versus just assuming it was teething. Because again, it could be that ear infection that they, you know, mm-hmm. pulling at their ear and it could be a temp because of something like that. And you'd hate to leave that untreated. No, I so. agree with you. I agree with you there. So um, cold-like symptoms, yes. Does it actually make them sick? Not in our experience. Well, Mr. Google, I agree with you, what you said yeah. there. But as Mr. Google said, although you may have, have heard that teasing causes diarrhea, which is going to be another um, coming up, fever and a whole host of other problems, recent research shows that these symptoms are actually quite mild. According to a recent study in paediatrics, some babies may also experience a slight rise in temperature. However, a true fever is 38 degrees centigrade, I think that's right, yep. and 100, 100.4 Fahrenheit yep. isn't really related to teasing. But as you say, always check it out first Absolutely. because you, <laughs> you don't know. Okay, um, one. there's just two more and then we'll close off for them so baby teeth are they do you feel that baby teeth are important yes <laughs> yeah. and it's really great and i think this is something that a lot of parents aren't really aware of in terms of teeth and and good oral health is that especially in tasmania our oral health clinics as soon as they get teeth they encourage you to bring children in so they can monitor the development and also so you can set up good oral health habits with your children so they'll help teach them how to brush they get a little free toothbrush and it just also helps to stop any fears around the dentist from growing Mm -hmm. Um, and some children will be more prone to having cavities so if you can get them into that system earlier and younger I mean our youngest is not three yet and he has his first cavity which is sad yeah for us it's sweet that's why yeah but really interesting and our elders had quite a few issues with that too and they just said that the way his teeth are even when he brushes them he has to floss every single time because even brushing it just doesn't get in so it's not a poor diet it's not eating the wrong foods or drinking fizzy drinks it's not the sugary you know things that they can blame tooth decay on but it's just the structure of his teeth is that the younger one or the older one? Oh, that's that's that the eldest, but the youngest is looks like he might be a bit the same. So mm. he's actually going next week to have them put some protective coating because they're obviously in a two-year-old, they don't really want to do a filling, but they've got um, fluoride products that they can put in to help prevent it decaying any further because it is only a small hole at this point. But again, if we had left his visits the dentist longer that might have been missed i mean this year with covid a lot of dental appointments got put on hold so all general checkups got put off and they're now catching back up and it was only emergency dental work they were doing so that is the reason that we probably have this hole as well because it wasn't picked up six months ago when he would normally have been in but anyway uh it is yeah so from the first time they get teeth and especially by 12 months of age they encourage you to start attending and uh in a in Tasmania in particular, I'm assuming it's the same for the rest of Australia, it's actually free for children under 18 to access dental health anyway. So, um, yeah, it's not, mm. not a big cost or anything. It's just you get to go along and, and make sure that there's nothing. No, I find that very there. interesting because I didn't know that little kids got um, fillings. Yeah. That's 
Yeah, so really interesting. I mean, I knew when your big teeth start coming in that if you've got a fitting, they'll do with it. But I, yeah. that's, that's something I didn't know. And I only learned the other day too that by seven, the molars you get when you're seven are actually adult teeth. Mm. So, because our seven-year-old, we were told that to make really protect her back teeth because those are permanent teeth. So they're not going to fall out and be replaced. So if they do get holes, again, th- that's going to be more challenging in terms of having to fill them from a young age. I mean, I knew yeah. it was important to brush your teeth when they first came came out. I yeah. knew that with a, but I had no idea about <laughs> yeah. the thing. Gosh, that's, yeah. really I've learned right? something new. <laughs> yeah. I've learned oh, something good. new on that one. <laughs> okay, well, that that was, um, the toll for that was um, true, 70% true and 30% thought it was false, that they weren't important, which right. is interesting that it was that. But Mr. Google it's basically said what you've just said yes your baby's primary teeth are temporary and will eventually fall out however they have many functions beyond looking adorable yes. baby teeth are essential for eating and getting proper nutrition for the structure of the face and for holding space for the adult teeth yep. to come in properly if a tooth is lost too early because of decay the other teeth could shift so there's not enough space for the adult tooth to grow in, and another reason is that the tiny teeth are critical and your baby's speech for your baby's speech development. So, so they'll need to have their teeth looked after. And it also helps with, the, you know, making the sounds like the l and the t and the sh yeah. as well. Yep. yep. So, and just one more miss, and that is something which we talked about before, which is about diarrhea. Yeah. Now, um, we men- you mentioned about um, nappy rash. Yep. And we mentioned about drooling, but do you feel that if your child actually has diarrhea at that stage of life, that it could be related to teasing? I think that it could be. Again, obviously, when you know you could have a gastro bug or something, you know, making note of whether that it's also attached with um, a loss of appetite or vomiting versus just having a runnier stool. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was just a change in their stool, I would associate it with. The teething, especially if they've got a tooth that is breaking through and they're getting that nappy rash. Um, but if there were other symptoms attached, I would, yeah, make sure I kept them home from childcare and <laughs> were yeah, on the safe side. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I do think, again, as we've discussed with that excess saliva, it makes sense that it might change the stool and, and it seems that like it maybe it's a bit more acidic, perhaps. Mm, um, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, so um, good nappy creams <laughs> and getting onto it quickly is. Um, essential <laughs> okay just before we go on to the myths and the um the google thing you said good nappy yeah dreams yep i'm very much a believer in natural therapies yep that's just me personally but what's your opinion on natural just i mean that wasn't going to be part of the well, podcast we, but as we've, we've used a combination so we've used a lot of mugu products which are mm-hmm. all natural based um and they have been great for some of our kids not as great for for others but because they are made of plant based products one of our children is very sensitive and her she gets eczema and asthma related to pollens so makes sense that for her it didn't work as well um so if for her we have used um pseudo creams and things as well so really it's just about getting that um barrier cream on there whether it's bepanthin or yeah the more natural products like mugu um there's a lot of different products out there um, personally, we've stayed clear of a lot of the 
big brands in baby products. So we've never done baby oils or even baby powders and things because there's a lot of extra bits and pieces mm. in there that we try to avoid. But um, yeah, sometimes it is just trial and error. And a lot of products you can get in sample sizes and just see if they're going to work for your yeah. particular child. But uh, we also did use cloth nappies though, and that mm. made it trickier because with cloth na- so we used um, modern cloth nappies so you don't have to soak them and there's no pins it's all you, you insert a, um, an absorbent pad inside yeah. but those barrier creams will coat the nappy and they'll sp- stop being absorbent ah, so, so then using liners so we had bamboo liners to go over the top as well so yeah just being mindful too of the nappies you're using and even if they're disposable sometimes they can cause some irritation there too so just yeah seeing mm making sure you're choosing the right product for whatever nappies you're using. That's another interesting topic which I might add in another podcast later, but that is nappies are actually very interesting. They they are, product. aren't they? So, yeah. If personal preference is a big thing, but <laughs> yeah. I think natural nappies are better. I don't anyway, well that's another topic. Yeah. So let's go down there and so um sixty percent said true. Yep. And forty percent said false on that one. That's basically what you said. And Mr. Google, Mr. our favourite Mr. Google, said many believe that it's increased saliva produces during teasing can cause stools to become slightly loose, as we mentioned before. And to keep in mind that diarrhea can be a sign of a more serious infection, so contact your your doctor just to be sure. Yep. And if the stool becomes watery because your infant could be at risk of dehydration. I mean that's yep. it's most of it's common sense. Yes. But it's just something that I know people always ask. Absolutely. And teething is such a tough topic because every child is different. Yeah. And they, again, as I said, like different ages that they start and finish. And um, so, and, and some will be really lucky and get multiple teeth at once, which is great. Um, there's a couple of ours have done that where they break through three or four at once and you get it over with really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, it is more painful at the time. I was about to say yeah. that. It's probably more painful for them to do that. Yes, but it does get it over with. Um, but then I've got a friend and her son is 15 months and he's got one tooth. So that's you know yeah that's yeah so different for every child and there's nothing to there's I guess there's nothing to worry about if as long no. as you go to the dentist and you make Correct. sure that we're okay there's actually yeah. nothing no. if your child doesn't have a tooth at one year I guess there's there's no cause for alarm provided that yeah. you have regular checkups and the dentist can inform yeah. you on what's happening and a health nurse at that point you're generally still seeing a health nurse and they'll help direct as well because there could be some things that are needing to be checked over by a dentist but um they'll help advise on that anyway yeah. which is great so we're really lucky that we have access to all of those things for free um we're, we're pretty lucky that you know, yes cost yeah, doesn't I think have in, to be I a barrier in Tasmania <laughs> and in, in Australia especially because dentistry is very expensive yes it really is and knowing that cost doesn't have to be a barrier while they're children especially up to the age of 18 you know that's a really great thing that you know doesn't have to come down to cost for parents as to whether they get their children the help they need or not which you know is always a good thing i hope that's the same in america but i don't know that no i'm not sure either <laughs> anyway thank you for your time Haley. i really appreciated Helen. um the, the chat it was really good to i've learned so many new things which is good and, and hopefully it's helpful to some of the other people out there that listen okay well thank <laughs> you very much Haley, and um look forward to catching up again soon sometime lovely thank you